Welcome to the Meaningful Mentor podcast, a podcast where we discuss, encourage and offer suggestions to help you live a more meaningful life despite the barriers of illness, injury or disability. Live the life you want to in a meaningful way. I'm your host, Steph Collinson, an occupational therapist turned business owner. I help businesses with content creation, visibility online and helping them get their message out there to the world. I created a lifestyle that suits me despite my IBS diagnosis and I want to help you do the same. Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of the Meaningful Mentor podcast. Today we have another guest with us and her name is Sandy Johnston um, and she is here to talk about her story. Um, She's been through a lot of um a lot in her life and she wants to share her experiences of um PTSD anxiety and kind of trauma related um experiences and yeah it's gonna be great for her to share her story and now how she also um coaches and mentors people on a path to recovery and healing and for those who've kind of been through the same things as hair so I'll just hand over to Sandy to um, introduce herself and just just start to tell the audience a little bit about her experiences and her journey. Hello Steph and thank you so much for having me on the podcast today and thank you for giving me this opportunity to talk and share my story mm-hmm. which is it's an amazing opportunity and mm-hmm. one which I've now become more accustomed to telling your story when it comes to having a painful past mm-hmm. is not the easiest thing in the world to do because you're sharing your vulnerability with other people. And this is one of the, I think, strengths that is hidden in pain is the courage that it takes to really push through discomfort and through pain and through suffering Mm -hmm. to share the truth of what that is like so that other people who experience the same or the similar types of experiences that you have been through are able to relate and see that they aren't alone in what they're going through because pain and suffering can be very isolating and when we don't share our stories we get left in a bit of a I guess a dark tunnel Mm -hmm. where we feel very much alone in what we're going through and this is a a lot Uh, to carry along in life and this is why I feel so so good about coming and having this conversation with you today and just sharing a bit about my own past so as you said I'm a a coach now and uh, and I describe myself as being an energetic healer so I work with energy and I'm a very spiritual person but I'm going to rewind my life 
about, I'm going to go back to my 20s and I'm going to go back to a time where I uh, I married um, and I was uh, 24 years old when I married and the man that I married, he was a very charismatic person and on one hand he was very generous and charming and lovely and um, entertaining and then on the flip side he was scathing and nasty and demeaning and uh, and I bore the brunt of his outbursts and I didn't even really recognize that what was going on in uh, that relationship was a type of emotional abuse that I was being subjected to and I don't think he would have identified as himself as as doing that either but the um the thing with abuse is that you you become accustomed to it and you somehow you think that what you're experiencing is a normal part of a relationship this is the first time I'd been married I didn't know what a good marriage was supposed to look like and so some of the things that were happening in that relationship I just thought were part and parcel of what a relationship looks like when you get married Uh, we had a child in that marriage and she was the apple of our eye but the as as happens in an unhealthy or a toxic relationship the cycle just seems to get worse as it goes along and as time went by uh, all of these outbursts were having you know really negative impact on my nervous system and I ended up because I was not able to process what was going on for me and instead I was suppressing everything that was happening to me putting on this brave face thinking that this is something that I should just be tolerating and uh and not having any way to really an outlet a healthy outlet for that and so instead I would suppress all of the pain that I was feeling from the stress in the relationship and what ended up happening is that it manifested in the form of anxiety attacks. So these anxiety attacks became progressively worse and I thought at those times when these waves of anxiety would hit me like a ton of bricks that in those moments that I felt like I was fighting for my life I couldn't catch my breath my heart was racing and I didn't know when it was going to end and I was just petrified each time that it was a sign that my body my body was actually physically shutting down Um, these anxiety attacks was something that I lived with for over a year on a daily basis. And I, at some point, I questioned myself and I just said, 
am I going to be able to live like this for the next 10 years? And the answer was no. And for me, the only way for me to try and escape this pain of this anxiety that I was feeling was for me to leave the relationship. We had tried to go through some counselling, a couple's counselling, and all that did was really brought our issues, underlying issues to the surface, but did nothing to actually help me with working through the pain that I was going through. So that relationship disintegrated and we went through a very protracted um, divorce settlement. And in that time where I was uh, separated from my then husband on the road to divorce, I fell straight from the frying pan into the fire, so to speak, when I met another person who was, again, a very charismatic person and very entertaining and he had the gift of the gab. He knew exactly what to say to charm me and I fell for him hook, line and sinker and I had no idea at that time of the all the red flags that were waving there for me to see. And this is something that's actually sadly quite typical for um, for a lot of victims to go from one relationship where there's some, you know, element of abuse happening in that relationship to then go into another relationship, which is also, is also abusive. And I had not done Really, I had started doing some healing work on myself with learning things like pranic healing and I'd done angel intuitive courses, but I was only just at the very beginning of my own recovery path when I, in my heart of hearts, looking for love, fell again, for the wrong person. Yeah. And this this relationship, Steph, was far worse than the first one. And in this relationship, it, it was like death by a thousand cuts because there was, there was no escaping it. I tried many times to break away from this person and he had this terrible obsession with me and um and so there were when people I just want to talk about abuse for a second if that's okay Steph yeah, and I'll try and, and yeah, try sure. and just keep it keep it you know as short as I possibly can but I think oh. when People think of abusive relationships. They often think, well, why doesn't she just leave? Mm-hmm. There are lots of different reasons why women don't just leave. And one of those reasons is because of a thing called gaslighting or coercive control. Yeah. And I think coercive control. People, so, sorry, I was just going to say, I think a lot of people don't realize. That, that is gaslighting or I haven't heard the term gaslighting and what it actually means mm. um within relationships but no go on 
Yes, well, that's absolutely, absolutely true. So traditionally, mm-hmm. when somebody hears of an abusive relationship, they will automatically think about physical harm. And that's kind of the extent of the understanding of abuse. It's just very black and white. It's like, right, okay, so he's hitting her, right, well, that's abuse. Mm-hmm. And it's a very clear line that gets crossed, but people don't understand psychological abuse. They don't understand coercive control, which really is psychological manipulation. Mm-hmm. And what it is with abusive relationships, it is ultimately about power and control. And it is so that they will disarm you, they will disempower you and take away your sure footing. So instead of you feeling like you've got the feet, your feet on the ground, it's like you've had the rug pulled out from underneath your feet and you just don't, you, you don't have anywhere stable to stand. It's the ground is always moving and you just don't know what you're going to do to trigger something which is going to make you fall down again so it's it's a very messy and unmanageable life to live and this is the life that I found myself caught in and there were all different levels of abuse in this relationship when and I'll just quickly name the the different types of abuse and I'm not going to go into detail about the types of things that happened to me except Mm -hmm. to say that it became life-threatening for myself and my children in the end. And I wasn't, um, there, although there were times where uh, my ex-partner would put his hands around my throat mm-hmm. um, or he would hold me down in an argument, he never, he never hit me. He ne- there wasn't that kind of violence, physical violence in there. There was just him holding his power over me to make me know that he was physically stronger than me and that if he wanted to do anything, he could and I had no power over him and I was just the weak, disempowered person in the relationship. So, um, so all right, so physical abuse, um, then there's, there's sexual abuse, there's psychological abuse, um, coercive control, which, again, is part of it. Um, I think I'm forgetting a, a form of abuse here as I'm, as I'm going down the list of uh, sexual abuse. Did I, I did say sexual abuse, you didn't did, I? Yeah, yeah um, I did say I, sexual abuse. Yeah, and uh, or the only other thing I can think of was like financial abuse or like. Oh, thank you, yeah. thank you so <laughs> much, Steph, for mentioning that because yeah. that, that financial abuse, which people don't uh, necessarily know about, ninety nine percent of women who are in abusive relationships are financially abused, and this is one of the primary ways that perpetrators of abuse control victims because they financially disempower them so they've got no financial security and they are basically kept prisoner because they're being drip fed just enough to survive but they've got no breathing space to actually do anything to 
change their circumstances to break free. And this is a situation where I found myself, I lost my, I lost my home in this relationship. I lost all financial security in this relationship. And I was living week to week. Uh, I was living in a rental property. Um, I ended up on a single mother's pension and I even had to, there were times where I even had to turn to charitable institutions for help with basic provision that we needed. And we needed, to, because our situation did get life-threatening, mm-hmm. we had to go into hiding five times and we actually made, um, we made two major relocations and to the point where where I needed to change my identity and my children's identity just to try and stay safe so this is this is the level of trauma and this is where um we were in a hyper vigilant mode all the time we were always looking over our shoulder yeah just because my ex-partner was a stalker. So we were always looking over our shoulder, worried that he was coming after us. And just, you know, if you can just imagine living with that level of fear for years. Mm. Um, And this is, so I, I was My nervous system was shot, but I kept going through this period because I had children and I needed to stay strong for my kids. So for a long time, I was just wearing this mask, this facade that just Just put on this face that Mm -hmm. I was managing this situation when really I was far from managing the situation I was all I was doing was fighting fires and just cleaning up messes that he would make in our lives and uh, that's basically my story Steph you know if you want to ask me anything please feel free to yeah I just wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about it and the impacts of that and I think it's really important to also highlight there is different you know, types of abuse, and you might not always kind of recognise it so clearly, like you said, about physical abuse. Um, but thank you for sharing that. And I know you, you're in a position in, in your life now where you can tell your story to help others um, and not kind of like relive that um, all over again. So I do really appreciate it because I, I imagine, you know, it's, it is quite difficult to, even though you've gone past it, it's still, still difficult to talk about. But I think what I want to kind of talk about now is how from those experiences how has that impacted you now do you still feel anxiety or do you feel like through your kind of healing journey now that um you've learned a lot about yourself and kind of what helps you manage maybe previous kind of like you you said that you suffered a lot with like kind of panic attacks and things and um I imagine that you know going around always looking over your shoulder do you you still experience those those things while you're kind of going about your day-to-day yeah thank you so much for Mm -hmm. asking that I've come Mm -hmm. leaps and bounds from Mm -hmm. that 
person who was somebody who was afraid to step out of my front door to even take my dog to go and do his business because of the level of fear that I was feeling. And this level of fear is something that many people experience and it can actually just keep them shut in Mm -hmm. um, for an interminable amount of time because they become so fearful to just even step outside. And it changes the whole way that you look at life and the world and you look at other people my trust had been shattered by this person my um my ability to see the world as being a safe space had been shattered by this person mm-hmm. and and it has taken a long time for me to do the healing work and I think that's one thing that I really want to share is that it's a journey it's not something that happens overnight because there's so much to process there's so much to release Mm -hmm. let go of to move forward there's so much involved in that there's mm-hmm. that you need time to know to see the the evidence that it is safe because yeah. you need to not just be told that it's okay you actually need to see that it's okay and you don't just see that in one day and think that that's okay but there might there might be something that happens where there's a trigger of something that is reminiscent of the warning signs from the past and it will bring you right back there and this is just you know look I understand why this happens and I understand you know, about fight and flight and freeze. And I understand that so much of this stuff is lodged in our subconscious mind and there's a lot of work that needs to be done on a very deep level for us to be able to reframe our lives to something different to what our subconscious believes to be our world because of our lived experiences. So there is a lot of healing work that needs to be done. And I would say, I would say that I have found myself again, that I lost myself in that relationship. But I would say that with years, and I'm talking about six years of work that I've done to get to the place that I am now where life is good for me again. So it it has taken time. It is a process. And I would be lying to you, Steph, to say to you that I'm fully recovered from that experience because Things still happen. I'll still have nightmares. There'll still be triggers that will come up unexpectedly and I'll go, wow, I thought I'd dealt with that. 
but we're human and we're all just on a path a path of healing we're on a path of growth we're on a path of development and I think one of the most liberating things that I have probably done for myself is to give myself permission to stumble to fall down and not to get everything perfect and that in doing that that's given me the space to to make mistakes and still have PTSD even Mm -hmm. though I am helping others to do what I've done for myself so does that explain it Steph? Yeah no of course and I think it's, it's it's important for you to highlight that it's a healing journey like you know there's always going to be um triggers and I think there's also layers like you say you all these things that are subconsciously kind of going on you kind of feel like okay I've maybe made kind of peace with that and I feel okay with that but there's mm-hmm. still kind of you know this internal thing that will you know cause you to um maybe react in the ways that you used to around that because it was such maybe like an ingrained thing to keep you safe um so I think that's really important to highlight that you know it's not just a one-time job of you know I'm going to heal everything I'm going to feel okay and I'm kind of moving on from it yes you might have moved on from it but you're still going to have those um moments like you've just said that are going to trigger you or you, you might relive a little bit of a memory um that you'd experienced previously and yeah yeah like you know um thank you for being honest about you know it, it you said it's taken you you know six years to feel like you've you know you've you found yourself again you feel okay with where you are um and I, I don't think you really ever, you'll ever really kind of move on from something that big that happens in your life um you just learn to um kind of manage and deal with it every day um so no, I think it's really brave of you and really courageous to share your story because I, I don't think people um, so sometimes they don't like to, to like to hear these details or hear like you know um, the the things that go on, but it really does happen and it really does like affect people long term. So um, just thank you for coming on and sharing that experience. The other thing that I'm just thinking of while we're talking about obviously. Um, how like the experience has shaped you and how you kind of manage it now um I know you have children so how has it impacted them and how um have you managed that kind of um with being a mum also I know you said that you had to put on like a, a a bit of a facade and a brave face obviously for them um but today I don't know how much you want to talk about this but I just wanted to ask you know how how do they manage um or how did they manage with kind of what was going on at the time yeah yeah thank you it's a um very very challenging Mm -hmm. you know thing to to talk about with my children they um they were all impacted obviously by going through so much instability uh and I know that there were things that that they learned, which I would never wish for a child to have to learn these things at, at such a young age. Mm-hmm. They learned some life skills 
through this experience, but they were damaged and it would be remiss of me to say that, um, you know, that they haven't got their own journey, their own healing journey to, uh, to really repair and heal from the things that they went through as children. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that uh, I really encourage my kids is I I never force my children to have any counselling. I haven't touched on counselling in this conversation and counselling has been a huge part of my own healing journey and finding the right counsellors along the way have made all the difference in the world to me. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I've got four children and they, I treat them all as individuals and, um, and so I let them know that counselling is always there for them, that yeah. they should never feel, uh, they should never feel broken or less than if they need to yeah. find that they really want to explore counselling. I've told them that having a counsellor is just a great way of having somebody who isn't part of your friendship circle but is like a friend that you can just tell them about anything and everything Mm -hmm. and it helps to get it outside of yourself and that helps to lighten you up a bit so you're not carrying around such a heavy load all the time so these these are some of the things that you know I share with my kids and I um and I encourage them to talk about things and let me know where they're at and uh, good, bad, whatever, whatever the heck is going on for them to let me know. And uh, I think I've got a good relationship with my children um, and I see them, I see them with their inner struggles at different points. I, I can see what their struggles are. And one of the hardest jobs for a parent is to guide their children in asking them the right questions to help them find their own answers rather than trying to drum it into them by telling them what you know to be true for what they need to learn to you know to find find their truth and their answers yeah amazing thank you Sandy for sharing that as well I know um some of those questions might have been a bit difficult but I just wanted to highlight that of obviously um through your own experiences now it's great to hear that you have a you know a great relationship with your children as well and that you're kind of guiding them on their own journey to find their own um kind of truth and healing as well um but again thank you for sharing that you know amazing story and where you are now um I really do appreciate it um I kind of should have given a, a bit of a trigger warning at the at the start there um I'll kind of go back to it at the beginning just to say that we do talk about kind of um 
abuse and kind of how that might um, look and impact people. So um, if you are, you know, um, kind of struggling with things, I will put things in the show notes. Um, and if anything is kind of, um, you know, upset you or anything, I will give you kind of resources to kind of manage with that as well. Um, so just to kind of um, wrap up and think about kind of kind of continuing the healing journey now, I'd love to talk more about how your coaching helps people and um, who you help and kind of what that looks like now. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, and I would just like to say too, in terms of if there's anyone who's listening to this and you've identified with some of the things that I've been talking about mm-hmm. as things that are happening in your own relationship, I encourage you to reach out and get some some support with what mm-hmm. you're going through. Mm-hmm. Uh, a great place to start if you don't know where to start is to talk to a GP or a a doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, They can refer you on to a counsellor. You can also do an online Google search because I appreciate, Steph, that your podcast will be heard in different territories. So um, depending on where you are, if you just do a Google search and have a look for free online counselling for domestic abuse for women and see what pops up in your search bar and hopefully there will be a free service where you can call and speak to somebody and unpack what's happening in your life Um, and they can hopefully give you a few steps on what your next steps might look like but I want you to there's two things one is that the cycle of abuse progressively gets worse so I was one person who stuck with it for a long time turning the other cheek thinking that things were going to get better and they got progressively worse and it becomes harder and harder to break free as things get progressively worse too. The time of leaving a cycle of abuse is traditionally is the most risky time. So this is a time where you need to be prepared to have a safety plan and you need to have the right kinds of supports in place and that may be that you have you're ready to call the police if the police need to be called but I want you to remember that your safety is the most important thing to consider so everything else is a secondary consideration Mm -hmm. keeping you safe is the only only thing to think about because once you know you're safe, then you can start rebuilding your life on the other side. And Steph, in answer to your question, that's what I help women do. So if you need help with navigating a path to safety, I'm certainly there to help in that capacity. But more so when you've broken free from that cycle of abuse and you are feeling broken and feeling unsure about how to start rebuilding your life, then I can step in. So I'm there to help people who want to learn how to heal and also people who would like to learn how to step 
out of victimhood and into becoming proactive and an empowered person in your life so that you can start creating a life that you want that is true to you and who you are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah. And I think, thank you, Sandy, for just going over those kind of key points about um, reaching out, you know, for support if you feel you need it. Um, Like I said, I will include like a few resources and things and direct uh, people if they need it. Um, But just to kind of wrap up, Um, what would be your kind of top three tips or bits of wisdom or advice for people who are listening who might be experiencing kind of um, domestic abuse in a relationship or have experiences of trauma from a relationship because of those experiences Um, what would be your kind of bits of advice I I appreciate it's quite a big subject and there's probably lots of things yeah no that's all right I'd say look the top top bit of advice that I would give you and it's just I'm going to use an analogy really quickly so when you're in a in a plane and they go through the safety drill and they're saying right if the oxygen masks come down you put your oxygen mask on first and then if you've got a child then you'll put the oxygen mask on you'll help another person basically Mm -hmm. so my number one piece of advice is to look after yourself as best mm-hmm. you can because you need to stay strong. So mm-hmm. it's finding something that is going to give you that strength. So whether that's tapping into tapping into uh, like my podcast, if, uh, if I can just mention that, Tiara's course, Tears and yeah. Triumphs, Tapping into that and listening to that, which will give you some information, really educate you about things like the the red flags to look out for, the types of supports that you need. There's things like getting a safety plan in place, and that's really, really important. I'd say that's number two if you're a victim um, of domestic abuse, abuse to have a safety plan because if push comes to shove, And if you have a plan, then if you get to, you know, fight, flight, freeze time and you freeze, you've already got a plan plan to refer to. So you know you go to, and I would say, have your important documentation Mm -hmm. somewhere really where you can grab it and take it. So you just have some key things that you need if you have to step away really quickly and escape. So, um, and then if you're on the other side, the other side of it is actually blocking that person and putting a safe boundary in place. And this is one of the things that, uh, that you need to learn when you come out of victimhood is how to create safe boundaries. Um, it's a really dangerous time for victims when they come out of relationships because they're very much trauma bonded to the person, the perpetrator. And this is another reason why women go back again and again because of this horrible trauma bond that they have. So this is a time when you leave a relationship that you need support to help you to stay strong, to do the things which are going to create that very strong boundary around yourself that that person can't keep using and abusing you. So things like blocking them from communicating or if you need to have 
a court order in place to stop them from coming into your life and doing any more damage. So there's some tips and I hope I hope that those things help anyone who's listening to this and anyone who needs that kind of information. So please, the number one thing, if we go back to, I'm just going to do another one on top of that one that I gave earlier, Mm -hmm. is don't suffer alone in silence, reach out and get some support. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. No, I agree. And, you know, hope by Sandy sharing her experiences today that you don't feel alone if you feel like you are in that situation you know don't feel you're alone and also make sure that you do reach out um, for help but I just want to say thank you so much Sandy for sharing your story and experiences um I know it's quite a sensitive thing um but I, I think it's a really important topic to talk about and share so I'm really glad that you've come on today to to talk to my audience about that and um, share your experiences um, so just to wrap up where can people find you and um, I will leave all your details in the show notes anyway but just to kind of end it there <laughs> yeah thanks so much Steph um, uh-huh. I've, I've really enjoyed having this this conversation so as I said I've got a podcast and the podcast is called Tiara's tears and triumphs Mm -hmm. and if you want to find me on the web just go to www.sandyj.com.au if you want to find me on facebook just look up sandy johnston great amazing thank you again so much sandy um it's been lovely having you thanks steph Thank you so much for listening. I'd love it if you could subscribe, share with others who may find our episodes helpful and leave a comment on my Instagram, which is at VA underscore Steph Solutions to let me know if you listened along and what you found most helpful.